This weekend marks the 10th anniversary of Encounter God's Truth on radio. I'm Wayne Shepherd, your host from the very beginning of this program, and our speaker, Dr. John Whitcomb, is with the Lord now. But I know that I can speak on his behalf in thanking all the stations that carry your program, all who listen, and everyone who is involved with bringing it to you, and especially those who pray for us. Most of all, we thank the Lord God for this great ministry opportunity. We've been spending 10 weeks, which will culminate with today's program, celebrating 10 years of broadcasting. It's been a joy to hear messages and testimonies from several guest speakers during this time. To relive the entire series, go to sermonaudio.com slash Whitcomb, where Whitcomb Ministries has now passed 1 million sermon plays and downloads. Remember, you can listen to our programs anytime at sermonaudio.com slash Whitcomb. It's fitting for us to conclude this series with a message by Dr. John Whitcomb on the next prophetic event for which we wait, the rapture of the church. His presentation on this topic was recorded a number of years ago at the Winnipeg Prophecy Conference in Canada, and we want to thank both that conference and the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry for permission to include it in this commemorative series. It's also appropriate that we hear a testimony from John Plans, the Friends of Israel's Church and Field Ministries Director in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, who was involved in leading this very conference. Here are his remembrances and testimony regarding Dr. John Whitcomb. You know, it is my joy and privilege to share the testimony of the God of Israel, our Lord Jesus, and how he used a beloved servant, my friend and former colleague, Dr. John Whitcomb, who went to be with our Savior in February of the 5th of 2020. You know, I first met John Whitcomb in March of 1978 when he was first invited to teach a number of courses at the Briarcrest Bible College at Cairnport, Saskatchewan. You know, John usually started his message with, thank you so much, or friends, it's such a joy to be with you, and thank you for coming, or amen. And sometimes he would say, or friend, it's just good to be with you. Dr. Whitcomb really impressed me with the knowledge of Scripture and how he was able to answer all the questions that was asked of him by using the Scriptures he was a leading biblical scholar and taught the Bible for over 50 years. In his course on creation, which was based on Genesis chapter 1 to 11, he gave such a wonderful presentation, and this as a believer would impact me to study the rest of the scripture based on Genesis 1 to 11. It would help to give me a good and concise answers to the problems of evolution and to struggles and to many matters of life. You know, John was a godly and humble man, and this would speak to me in how I would live as a believer in Jesus, the Jewish Messiah. I was so impressed also with his walk with the Lord and how he freely would take the time to pray and how easy it was for John to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ to anyone. When I was working as a public servant librarian at the Briarcrest Bible College campus, 1991, they were culling the library of older forms of media and I found a treasure trove of Dr. Whitcomb's cassettes. They were from his teachings back in 1978. I was so blessed in listening to them over and over, I would later pass them on to a dear friend, John Feeks. He too was greatly impacted by these teachings. John has now become the pastor of the New Life Sanctuary Church in Winnipeg, and he also has his own large creation museum. And when you hear him speak, you cannot but help notice Dr. Whitcomb's influence as he led a godly life. I had a wonderful privilege to have Dr. Whitcomb speak at a number of conferences in Canada that God has had me set up. It was then my joy to join John as a fellow colleague and a speaker. That was also a scary time for me as I had such a high regard and admiration for this man of God. I would give Dr. John Whitcomb a phone call from time to time. It was a great time of fellowship and we always concluded our time with prayer. 
And then he would say, give me a call again. These were encouraging times in my life. I'm so grateful to God for bringing Dr. Whitcomb into my life. I pray that his legacy of following the Lord will be seen and heard for a very long time. As John would always say, give God all the glory. Amen. Thank you, John. What a wonderful tribute to Dr. Whitcomb. To learn more about Dr. John Whitcomb's full life and lengthy ministry, just visit our website at whitcombministries.org. You can also leave your own testimony about how this program has impacted you and your family spiritually when you go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash whitcombministries. And now we go back into that Bible conference to learn more from Dr. Whitcomb about a topic that never grows old as it points to an occasion for which we are still longing, the rapture of the church. Here from the Winnipeg Prophecy Conference is Dr. John Whitcomb. Harpazo. That's the word the Holy Spirit chose to speak of the rapture. What are the two English words we use? Well, how about from harpazo we get a harp. A harp is an instrument which, when plucked, brings music out. And how many of you ever use something like this? It's called a harpoon, which, when thrown into the ocean, hopefully brings a whale out. And we're going to be harped out of this world and harpooned out of this planet In a moment, the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. Here's some good news. It's not going to be a partial rapture. Well, some have taught in years gone by that only the worthy believers go up at the rapture. Well, if that's true, how many are going up? None, thank you. That's the end of the partial rapture. (laughs) Partial rapture turns out to be another name for no rapture. (laughs) No, friends, every born-again man, woman, and child on this planet will be caught up. You say, well, some are worthier than others. Yes, but that will be straightened out at the Bema, the judgment throne, where Jesus will deal with our works since we were saved and rewards for faithfulness. That's a totally different issue, okay? And we say, well, Lord, thank you. Thank you for that distinction. Every born-again Christian goes up at the rapture instantaneously, okay? Now, friends, the book of Daniel, 2,600 years ago, remember Jesus said, whoso reads that book, let him understand, make so clear to us some of these matters in advance even of the revelation of God concerning the church. Now watch. Gabriel said to Daniel, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people. Now watch who this is. It's not the church. It's whom? Israel, your people, and what? Your holy city. Is that New York or Winnipeg? No, who would like to suggest? Jerusalem, thank you. Okay. Now, 70 weeks, but it's going to be divided up like this. This is amazing. It'll be uh, 7 plus 62, which is 69 weeks of years. These are Shavuim in Hebrew, which is a seven-year period. Okay, 483 years, and then after that 69th week, the Messiah will die, okay, after the 69 weeks. So there's a gap, see, between the 69th and 70th, and the 70th is still future, as the book of Revelation tells us. The book of Revelation cannot be fully understood unless we know the basis of it in the book of Daniel, 
So God did not include the church, the bride, in any of those first 69 weeks. We weren't there before the day of Pentecost, okay? We weren't there before Jesus died. No, because the church began after Christ died, which occurred after the first 69 weeks had been completed, okay? Now, here's an important point. I know this becomes a little bit complex. Bear with us here. Watch now. God did not allow Israel's laws and ordinances to be incorporated into the church. Colossians 2.16, let no man judge you concerning the Sabbath, you see, or dietary restrictions. Galatians makes a huge point of that. Don't mix Israel's laws with the church. Therefore, and here's the point, church ordinances and distinctives, such as what? Believer's baptism, the local church, and the bread and the cup, for example, okay? Church ordinances and distinctives, and local church government, for example. Now, will not be allowed to continue into Israel's 70th week of divine preparation for kingdom leadership. God does not use or bless two different programs on earth at the same time. In Israel's past history, nothing ever happened that was church doctrine or function or government or practice, ever. In the 70th week of Daniel, there will be no church on earth at all except an enormous, grotesque apostate system, the harlot, which is not a true church. There won't be one single born-again Christian on this earth in the 70th week of Daniel. Now, there'll be born-again people, as we'll see, but not born-again what? Christians. You say, Dr. Whitcomb, isn't that kind of an overemphasis on distinctions? Not at all. Remember Daniel said, it was exclusively for what? Your people and your holy city that these programs are now revealed. Okay? And Gabriel spoke with infinite authority on these subjects. Okay? Now, here's the conclusion. Therefore, the true church must be removed from the earth before Israel's final seven years, just as he promised the church in Revelation 3.10. He said to that church, which represents all churches, because you have kept the word of my perseverance, which is the mark of a true Christian, I also will keep you from the hour of testing. That's a time period that's coming. The hour which is about to come upon the whole world, the whole human race will be trapped into a what? An awesome, awful time of tribulation. And here it is. That hour which is about to come upon the whole world, that's never yet happened, to test those who dwell upon the earth, that always means in the book of Revelation, unbelievers, and God's promise to the seven churches are applicable to all Christians. There is no partial rapture. Now, you see, friends, how all this begins to fit together. Because not one Christian 
one member of the body and bride of Christ can possibly be on this earth during the 70th and last week of Israel. It's exclusively Gabriel said so. For your people, Daniel, and your holy city. So Jerusalem will be extremely prominent. Some of this is very complex, friends, but it's also, when we begin to look into it, a tremendous blessing and a great encouragement that God actually knows exactly what he's doing and how he's going to accomplish this. Now, you see, in all the horrible things that happen during that 70th week of Daniel, not once is the church ever mentioned the true church on earth because the church is up here with Christ preparing for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay, church is up there. Therefore, the message that the Holy Spirit gave to those seven churches, hear what the Holy Spirit, you know, says to the seven churches, will never be uttered during that 70th week. Now, in order to take the Bible grammatically, consistently, in normal interpretation, which is a literal interpretation, just like, by the way, any evolutionist or any unbeliever, who writes a book expects his book to be taken literally, normally. See, the laws of grammar and syntax and hermeneutics. God is an expert at writing. He knows how to communicate. In fact, Jesus, John 1.1, 1, 1, is the word, the logos. He is the perfect communicator of the mind of God to the minds of men. And he doesn't confuse us. He doesn't deceive us. He says, dear reader, dear child, if you search the scriptures daily, you'll find that these things are so. They fit together. They are consistent. And I say, well, Lord, thank you for that. The fact that the church is never mentioned in this 70th week being on earth is an argument from significant silence. People say, well, that's just an argument from silence. Just because it's not mentioned on earth doesn't mean it isn't on earth. Oh, yes. It is a significant silence because the church, friends, is the highest thing God has ever brought into existence. May I say it? In the whole universe. In the whole history of the universe, the church is number one. The body and bride of Christ. Of course, God is infinitely superior, but I say anything he's brought into existence, you see, the bride and body of Christ is number one. In fact, John the Baptist, Jesus said, I've often been amazed at this, haven't you? He said, no man ever born of women is greater than John, but he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. That's us. doesn't mean you're better than John or I'm superior to him or more courageous or godly or anything. It just means we're what? in a higher level, you see, a higher position in the body and bride of Christ. And John the Baptist knew that he would never be part of that bride. He said to his disciples, you go to Jesus now, you go to him, he must increase, but I must what? Decrease, and I'm a friend of the bridegroom. I'm not part of the bride, never will be, but I'm a friend of the bridegroom. Oh, what a friend he was. And how greatly he'll be honored, friends. He'll get a special invitation to that wedding feast, I'm sure. Don't you think so? Yes. He'll be there as an observer, not as a part of the bride. So the Bible does make some consistent, 
clear statements in order that we might not be confused. And I say, well, Lord, it is a terrible thing to be confused about the identity of the church and the identity of Israel. Because for a thousand years of church history, we had an enormous so-called church, and still do with a billion people in it who think they're Christians, but who hate Israel and think that the church has replaced Israel forever and are doing the things they think Israel did, namely they have a sacrifice, see? And they have priests. This is awful. This is a horrible distortion of God's plan for the church. No, no, friends. I go around recommending one of the most spectacular books I've ever seen in this subject by Ronald DeProse, the director of the Italian Bible Institute in Rome, in Italy. Israel and the Church, The Origin and Effects of Replacement Theology. As we've already heard this morning, the Church has not replaced Israel. Okay, Israel will be grafted back into the tree of divine blessing. All Israel will be saved because even though they're enemies for the gospel's sake, they're beloved for the Father's sake, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God's promises are irrevocable. They can't be revoked. He keeps his promises. Thank the Lord. Or where would we be? How do you like this promise that he made to you and me? He who has begun a work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I say, God, thank you for your promises. I just, where would I be without them? And I just say, Lord, help me to keep clear the promises you made to Israel and the promises you've made to the church. You say, well, the Jews are not worthy of this. Careful now. Don't talk about who's worthy of being saved. What does that do to us? No. No. I've written a book entitled Esther and the Destiny of Israel. Do you know what? Israel today is just like it was in the days of Queen Esther and Mordecai. Largely unbelievers, but nevertheless the chosen people. And today, with rare exceptions, the millions of Israelis in Israel don't know the Savior. But they're still the promised people. You see? And just like God protected Israel miraculously in the days of Esther, he's protecting them today. Pray for Israel, the well-being of that nation. And I tremble at the thought of geopolitical maneuvering, you see, today to pressure Israel to give up more land and to give up more rights and more whatevers. And after a while of this, we just wonder, well, how can that nation survive? But I'm thankful to make this announcement. Are you ready? That when Israel becomes sufficiently desperate for leadership, see, for political and geopolitical recognition, integrity, respect, when they're desperate, all of a sudden, somebody will step on the scene and say, I'm here, sign here, seven-year treaty. I'll help you. 
And the only time Jesus ever mentioned the Antichrist specifically was this one, John 5. I have come in my Father's name and you receive me not, but one is coming in his own name and him you will receive. And when that unbelieving nation in desperation signs a covenant, a treaty with this person who is brilliant, clever, you see, one of the most brilliant men that Satan will ever have in the history of the world, the beast, then begins the 70th week of Daniel. By which time, of course, friends, I say, thank you, Lord, we'll be up here with Christ. Here's one of my favorite verses. With this I close. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, and whoever has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. How many of you agree that it does not yet appear what we shall be? Friends, think of what's coming, perhaps, today. Let's pray. Now, Father, I just thank you for these precious truths you've entrusted to us here. Marvelous things, yes, difficult, complex. You have assumed that we've mastered the whole Bible in order to compare Scripture with Scripture. You have assumed that this precious book is an object of our love and fascination so that we're searching the scriptures daily. I wonder if I'm even living up to this expectation and privilege. Therefore, we are in semi-darkness on many of the things that you expect us to know. Help us to repent of our neglect of the word and that we may take these promises seriously, literally, and spread the word all over the Christian world that Jesus is coming at any moment and we'll be caught up, harpazoed into his presence, glorified, never ever to die. I thank you, dear Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, there will be an incredible reunion when Christ returns to take his body, his church, from earth up to heaven. But for now, we praise the Lord for the many outstanding friends we continue to have here with us, and we're particularly thankful for those friends who knew and still want to remember Dr. John Whitcomb. Here's another testimony, this one from Carl Kirby, the founder and president of Reasons for Hope, and a great friend of Dr. Whitcomb's. Carl, please share your remembrance. Hey, everybody. Carl Kirby here with Reasons for Hope. I just wanted to take a second and say thank you to everyone that is keeping Dr. John Whitcomb's materials out in the forefront. He's probably one of the best teachers I think I ever had the chance to sit and listen to. I wanted to also just give you a short story just as a one of my favorite memories. I actually did a conference with him, very privileged to do a conference with him, up in Milwaukee. And I'll never forget when we got done, we went to have dinner at a restaurant and we were just sitting there. And to be able to sit and glean from this gentleman who absolutely is one of the founding fathers, one of the men that we that are doing creation ministry are walking on the shoulders of, to just sit and have a meal with him and to see how humble he was, how much he loved the Lord, how passionate he was about the Word, and how 
passion that he was about people. To me, that is such an amazing combination. You can have people that have a lot of wisdom, a lot of answers, but sometimes there's a lack of people skills. And boy, Dr. Whitcomb had that. He loved people, he was passionate about the word, and he could communicate it. And so I think that's probably my favorite memory is just to watch a guy who was so intelligent and so articulate, but to see how much he loved people. And so my encouragement to anybody that is watching this, please jump in. Take advantage of these amazing teachings that are still there, that are timeless. Take advantage of them. But thank you to everybody that is putting this together as a, as a tribute to him. I am more, more blessed by my short, brief time that I was able to spend with him than a lot of other things that I've done. I can tell you that. So God blessings to everybody and stay bold. Thanks, Carl. That's a great way to conclude this series and these first 10 years of broadcasting Encounter God's Truth. Our goal for this program is always to declare and explain how God's Word is true from the beginning to the end. And we're grateful for everyone who's been involved in helping us accomplish that purpose. And I want to express our thanks specifically to Pat, Sandy, and Summer Roy of Creation Quest for their skillful assistance to Whitcomb Ministries in producing this program throughout this past decade. We appreciate them so very much, and we want to communicate that gratitude here. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and I want to convey that same spirit of gratitude to everyone listening. As we look back over 10 years of radio ministry, we give God all the glory, and we certainly have plenty of reasons to celebrate these 10 years. As always, it's our joy to offer this radio ministry to you, and we trust that it's a real blessing in your life. May the Lord encourage you this week as you continually encounter God's truth.